Dan's Drive-In Double Feature presents The Last Slumber Party Minute, a minute-by-minute podcast covering Steven Tyler's The Last Slumber Party, copyright 1988. Your host, Daniel R. Budnick. You can call him Dan. Now, listen to this. Episode 20. Minute 20. Hey everyone, it's Dan. We are knee-deep in it now. The guys have gone to pick up some beers at some local convenience store gas station thing. They've been talking about trying to get um, Scott some... And now uh, they just saw Science in his little sort of Vespa-y motor scooter thing doing something or other, and they are going to bother him. Listen. Hey, Scientopolis! What you doing, Romeo? Gonna stick it to anyone tonight? Actually, I just came to pick up a little alcohol to clean some of my instruments. Yeah, yeah. here's a little alcohol science. Hey, cut it out, man. Hey, science, you old sex machine. I know what instrument you're going to be cleaning tonight. Just don't whack it too hard, buddy. (laughs) What a douchebag. Hey, remember, science, old buddy, you can get hair in your palms if you do it too much. Well, good evening, gentlemen. Never too soon to start the old summer vacation, I Hello, suppose. Doc. All right, Doctor. How you doing, sir? As a matter of fact, we were just talking about Linda. Scott here feels in a. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. That she might want to go to the- you know, we never fully do get the answer to the question, are you going to stick it to anyone tonight? I can also say that might be some sort of foreshadowing to those of you who haven't watched this. Um, and it's going to be sexy. No, actually, but um, I, I, I love how much they pick on... Why doesn't science just go? You know, he, he like kind of stays there chatting with them, you know, and they're insulting him and they're throwing empty beer cans at him. You know, just just go, just go. You know, these guys, you know, it, it's like he must have seen them pull up because of the way we see him in the establishing shot walking by them. And they're, I mean, they pull up as he is walking up to the motor scooter, which is right in front of them. I love how all these things are happening right in front of them, but they're so self-absorbed that they just don't see it. And whew. Talk about your enforced shenanigans. They are laughing. They are goofing. They are spraying beer at science. Cut that out. Cut that out. They are rocking out to Heavy Metal Boys, the final song on First Strike's album. Although I can't quite make a... If you hear... you hear, Oh, God, the sound design again. If you... You're, you're hearing it. I think the sound design is so crazy. But there's that moment where it's like, you know, here comes um, Linda's old man. And then all of a sudden, like, the sound jumps. And I can't, I can't quite hear... The sound, it, because the sound becomes much louder for like five seconds. I'm like, oh, that's Heavy Metal Boys. And da, 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 come around here all the time for the Heavy Metal Boys. Wow. Um, but I can't quite make out what song is playing in the first half underneath. Um, it's got to be a First Strike song. Maybe it is Heavy Metal Boys. I um, And maybe I, it, it was the instrumental bit and I need to hear Heavy Metal Boys again. But I, yeah, I can't quite tell what's going on underneath um, the science bit because they've got the music turned down. But, you know, love love that sound design, Mr. Tyler. Love that sound design. And we can sort of ask the question, 
they these guys think they're funny. They think they're hilarious. They're laughing at everything. You know when when Billy burps when he's trying to talk to um, Doctor Sickler. Um, the big dance. That's oh well. We'll talk about that. Well, we left it on a cliffhanger. Scott wants to know if uh, Linda, um, the big dance wants to go to the big dance. <gasps> wants to go to the big dance. What? Naked? Wants to go to the big dance. Drunk? Wants to go to the big dance. Riding on a moonbeam. I don't know. Or maybe she wants to go to the big dance with the heavy metal boys. I'm not sure. But yeah, just just watch. It's it's such a great movie because you get the craziness of the soundtrack and you get so many aside lines as sort of the main folks are saying things. But then when you actually watch it too, there's always... I mean, obviously science is just standing there, but he does get hit with the um, beer can, which is fun. But the three guys, they're so amused by themselves. They're probably so drunk. Luckily, there were no drunk driving laws in 1984-1988, so they could do that all day long. I may be kidding there. Um... <clears throat> Oh, I belched a little right there, just like Billy when I said I may be there. Not as bad as, as Billy's belch. Not as bad as Billy's belch. Be- Let's go down to, we're traveling down to find gold in Billy's belch. Um, and it's Scientopolis, and you know, stick to anyone, lots of masturbation-related jokes. You know, I was going to go off on a side tangent. When's the first time everyone masturbated? But I'm not going to do that side tangent. I'm going to do, when's the first time science has masturbated? I wonder if he has. I bet he has. Um, probably I I wonder if you know, like nowadays there'd be a lot of other nerds he could hang out with uh, and we know how rotten some of them turned out um, but back then I was pretty nerdy but I wasn't that nerdy I mean I didn't wear hospital scrubs all day long so I mean it, sometimes you don't you don't want to say like some nerds are kind of asking to have beer cans thrown at them by jocks I never was. I tried to be good. Yes, occasionally I wore a Garfield shirt. Yes, yes, in the in the late 80s, start of the 90s, like several months before grunge, I wore a flannel whenever it was cold because I always wore flannels. Um, then suddenly when I hit college and I was wearing flannels, everyone else suddenly was wearing flannels. I was looking around going, what the hell is going on? And this, this is great. I'm at a place where I'm not going to get picked on for, what are you, a lumberjack? <laughs> Give me some maple syrup, you douche. And suddenly everyone was wearing flannels. And people were telling me, oh, you're into grunge? And I'm like, what are you talking about? The, the flannel? Oh, Nirvana. Yeah, I heard, I heard. I remember I first heard Nevermind. I think it was the summer of 91. My friend Matt played it um, uh, in his attic uh, bedroom for a bunch of us. And I really loved it for about the first four songs. Then when I got to the fifth song, I thought, it all sounds the same. It all sounds the same. I thought Pearl Jam 10 had a lot more variety, but I never got into grunge. Grunge made me tired. Uh, where, where was I? Oh, I'm rocking with the heavy metal boys. So, uh, yeah, the three guys are talking, and they pick on... Uh, it's it's kind of like science hangs out there for about 30 seconds, and they pick on him, and when they kind of run out of the repertoire of, 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 of whacking off jokes, he, get, he gets to take off and clean some of his instruments. I... Why? Why is he out so late cleaning his instruments? Is it? Did, didn't we establish? I mean, I know summer has started, but didn't we establish earlier that that at this point it's got to be at least ten o'clock if it's if it's summer? And I don't want to go through that again. One more time, if, um, because the nurses segment uh, was in complete, it was completely dark, and if it's the second half of June at nine o'clock, there's still going to be lingering sunlight, and. And it was completely dark, so it must have been after 9 o'clock. Her shift probably ended at 9. And there was the news report. 
and Dr. Sickler left, and the, and the guys drove to here. So it's I say it's at least 10, if not later. Couldn't you have gone right after um, uh, I accidentally just kicked my dog who's underneath my chair? How you doing, George? Sorry about that. He loves Last Summer Party. My other dog, Crumpet, is around here somewhere. Eh, she's more a terror ten killer gal. You know, it's just that way. It's a little more romantic. It's a little more um, uh, because they're on the same DVD, which is why I say this. Terror ten. I love terror ten killer. I just don't know if that would be a good one to cover on this. But uh, yeah. So yeah, the whacking and uh, yeah. So it must be, and it's super late too. I was gonna clean some of the instruments. Um, you know what? You had a long year, science. You've been picked on every single day. And you wonder, I mean, I had days when I was picked on a lot. Like when I first started high school, I went from Catholic grade school to public high school. And for the first few months, it was just getting picked on all the time. And the only thing that kept me going was there were a few other people who got picked on also, who weren't nerds, who were just regular regular kids, who I sort of made er- those sort of early friendships with. You know, it's like three years later, you know, you, you're like, oh, Dave, how you been? I haven't seen you in ages. You still go here. Yeah, yeah, I still go here. We haven't talked in ages. Yeah, that's right, because out of necessity, we got together to protect ourselves from the nerds and uh, from, from, uh, from, the, from the jocks. Well, maybe nowadays you're protecting yourself from nerds, but protect, protect yourself from the jocks and the preps and, and, the, and the, um, the heavy metal boys who, who want to pummel you into the ground. And I wonder, I hope science has friends he can go to uh, like that. But <sighs> the woes of science. Mm. I had the other thing, too, which science doesn't seem to have, is a sense of humor. And I could make people laugh. And after I sort of vaguely got comfortable in classes, I would occasionally crack wise. And as I've said many times before to anyone listening who who may be of an age or in a place where you're like, you can't, you can't make friends you can't get people to warm to you if you can make them laugh i mean i my day job makes me very very tired but i work with pretty decent people and i make them laugh so so that's always good you make someone laugh that that's always good and i feel like i feel like looking at this gang here science never made anyone laugh scott has never made anyone laugh billy has never made anyone laugh and neither has uh, i uh, oh, uh, um, what about, why am I forgetting his name? It's Billy, Betty, Veronica. No, it's Billy, Scott, and crap. Why am I blanking on his name? Oh, Tommy. Tommy Kramer. I think Tommy has made a lot of people laugh, but he's not actually funny. I think they've laughed because he's popular and he's afraid he might hit them. I think Billy of the three... Yeah, probably doesn't make anyone laugh either. I, 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 was, I was reconsidering Billy for a moment. Maybe Billy might make some... I, I think Billy might be sort of a wise-ass kind of a, kind of a laugh. We had a guy like that named Fred French, who when, when we hit... He was, a, he was a funny guy. He was a wise-ass, but he was real tough to put up with at some time. But he was the guy who, at the end of... I've said this before. Yeah, during our senior banquet, when they gave out the senior superlatives, it was Tom Deutsch who was, to me, class clown all the way. Tom was hysterical. Tom was the guy who... Um, you know, he, he'd go out, if there was a ledge to crawl out on, he'd go out on the ledge. If he would come up with the big stupid pranks, and he would just do the dumb stuff, and it was always so funny. Uh, Fred French was the wise-ass. He was always saying wise-ass things and not, not afraid to get in trouble. I think he came from, like, rich parents, so it didn't really matter if he got in trouble. And I was on there, too, because I had brilliance! 
I declare my brilliance. I had whatever the hell it was I had, and I won, so that was awesome. But then when you go to the gals, I, I don't think... Lin, Linda seems like the type who, in a certain crowd, not with Sarah and Trace... Sarah. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Why did I say Sarah? Oh, because she reminds me of a gal I knew named Sarah from grade school, who you like, you would hang out with Sarah, and you're like, hmm... Yeah, Sarah doesn't really have much of a sense of humor. But then one day, like, working on a video, and Sarah was helping out, and the crew, and it's just like, she started to tell me ideas she had for a video, and it was just like, oh my god, she's hysterical. And suddenly you're like, oh my god, she just was never in the right spot to be hysterical. So Linda might be like that. Tracy, I don't think is, is humorous at all. Uh, she might think she is, but she's not. And Chris, um, Chris is only humorous sort of, I want to say by proxy, comedy by proxy i think it's just she says these ridiculous things that end up being like you laugh at them although the things she actually thinks are funny aren't funny so yeah that's minute that that's minute 20 minute 20 holy mackerel wow okay so uh yeah so we leave off and dr sickler has approached and is is having a little chat with them about linda and um yeah, we'll see what they they are able to hide the bruise, uh, which is awesome. I love that these underage guys are just sitting in a parking lot. You think they were in Texas, but they're they're in like they're in Louisiana. I guess it's the New Orleans. Um, I love the fact that if if I don't exactly know when you guys will hear this, but on my other podcast that I do, eventually Super Train, I'm covering Bourbon Street Beat, which is set in New Orleans, a mystery um, detective series from 1959-1960. They don't have as many masturbation jokes in there although van williams is in the show so that he was green hornet that may be that may be enticement for some but i'm going to wrap this minute up i've, I've talked far too long about this minute you can never talk enough about these minutes listen <laughs>